Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we are just about to hear Yamaraja's um, reply to the Yamadutas who had a lot of questions about his supremacy. They were thinking that he was the supreme. They were taking orders from him. And he is going to set the record straight in some very famous verses in, in this uh, section. So we are on chapter, uh, sixth canto, chapter three, verse number 12. Okay? Yamaraj said, My dear servants, you have accepted me as the supreme, but factually I am not. Above me and above all the other demigods, including Indra and Chandra, is the one supreme master and controller. The partial manifestations of his personality are Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, who are in charge of the creation, maintenance, and annihilation of the universe. He is like the two threads that form the length and breadth of woven cloth. The entire world is controlled by him, just as a bull is controlled by a rope in its nose. Purport. The order carriers of Yamaraj, uh, first half of it anyway, suspected that there was a ruler even above Yamaraj. So they kind of suspected it, especially after the Vishuddhas uh, stopped them from their service. To eradicate their doubts, Yamaraj immediately replies, so this is the first thing out of his mouth, yes, there's one supreme controller above everything. So, th so now in the next few sentences, Prabhupada is helping us understand the limited nature of Yamaraj's jurisdiction. Yamaraj is in charge of some of the moving living entities, namely the human beings. But the animals who also move are not under his control. Only human beings have consciousness of right and wrong, and among them, only those who perform sinful activities come under the control of Yamaraj. Therefore, though Yamaraj is a controller, he is only a departmental controller of a few living entities. There are other demigods who control many other departments, but above them all is the one supreme controller, Krishna. And then a little later, Prabhupada writes, uh, they, are, they are insignificant in comparison to Krishna. Hmm. So it's like, you know, there's one CEO or one owner of it. Maybe it's better to say not a CEO because he doesn't, he or she doesn't necessarily own a company, but there's one owner of a company and they may have different department heads. We see this, you know, of course, all over the world. Uh, and then you'll sometimes see that people will think that their boss or the, their owner or their senator or whatever is a big, big controller, right? Or a child will think that their father or their mother is the, you know, they are such a huge personality, right? Uh, Henry, you must have thought that when you were a child with your father. Right? He, he was a famous person. Um, and, and so people could think, yes, yeah, you know, I, I work in this, uh, um, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. I work in this clothing store in uh, Chandichok in Delhi. <laughs> and, you know, my boss is like, you know, my, the owner is just the be-all and end-all. I'm just the peon. <laughs> right? but then, you know, 
they, they might not think, oh, there's so many other cloth stores and there's whatever, you know, you get the idea that people can get quite sometimes, um, in a reverential mood to their, to the person who is, has some control over them. And so here, that's what's happened with the Amadutas for, I don't know how long. It seemed probably a very, very long time. Um, but, um, Yamaraj is saying, well, everyone's a small fish compared to Krishna. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, every, everyone is, uh, is, is insignificant. I told, I think I told you that story before that one time a devotee wrote Srila Prabhupada and said, please accept my insignificant obeisances at your lotus feet. I have a very big problem. And Prabhupada chuckled a little bit saying, if he's insignificant, how can he have a big problem? He can only have an insignificant problem. So, uh, this is, this is Krishna. Hmm. In his, in his expansion as Mahavishnu's universe has come out of the pores of his skin. So how great is, is Krishna, right? It's, he's, uh, very, very great. Yes. Um, any thoughts on that? Some thoughts on that? Welcome, Andy. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Yes. Yamadutas and uh, Yamaraj reminds me of the conversation between uh, Narada Muni and Brahma in Cantor 2. Very good. He yes. asked a similar question. Are you the controller? I see you meditating and praying to somebody. It's, it seems like there is somebody above you. Right. Right. And Prabhupada was very careful to not say, you know, he is just the guru. He he told devotees right from the very beginning, he has his guru, right? And his guru has his guru, like that, the, the parampara, not just like he's the big founder of something, but he has, he is the founder of this company. He has his spiritual master that guides him. Yeah, nice. Other thoughts? Okay, so I was also... Uh, taken in by this, these words at the end. Uh, the, well, it's actually in the verse. Otam protam. The the uh, length and the width of a cloth. Now, does anyone know what that's called in uh, in English? The warp and the woof in stitching. I had to research that. <laughs> but the idea is, you know, if Krishna is the uh, if he's the the horizontal and the vertical that covers everything. And so the very interesting words here, Otam Protam. I thought that was kind of uh, neat. Okay, any other any other thoughts on this point about uh, and thank you, Raghunanapu, for that uh, comparing it to Narada's discussion with Brahma. Hare Krishna. Yes, Gurudaspu. How do the Yamadutas uh, join Yamaraj, how do they become qualified? I'm sure these are questions that are not covered in the chapter, but it got me thinking that here they are, they're serving uh, uh, the personality they take as their Lord, but, um, and they and they, they know the Vedic uh, rules and regulations, but they don't uh, have any knowledge of beyond that. It's it's a tough job, right? Wasn't it? Um, I mean, wasn't it said that Vidura was it Vidura? It was Yamaraj? Yes. 
Yes. Wasn't it said that, you know, on one hand he came because of a curse, but also he actually wanted to come, to, you know, because it's a tough job. And I think he left Aryama in, in charge, right? Isn't it? And uh, he wanted to just come, come to earth and be a devotee for a while. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. You know, who wants to be a policeman or a fireman, but, you know, because it's a dangerous job. So uh, I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what the job description is like when they put out a request for uh, applications. <laughs> you know, I can imagine uh, who would know that, but, but yeah, I guess it's not an application. It's probably you based on your karma. You get that, uh, you get that position, but it's, uh, but people do thankless tasks in, in, in the world, right? It's not that every job is just, nectar all the time. I'm sure for everyone here who's gainfully employed, they don't love their job 24-7. <laughs> but obviously they, they're completely surrendered to Yamaraj and they take him to be the supreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they made it into the Bhagavatam, so they must be pretty important people. Yeah, but you do wonder if, if Yamaraj gets uh, needs a break, that if they need a break also... And how long did they do it for? How long did they live? These are questions I haven't ever heard uh, answers to. I can say that I'm very unhappy today, and that's because we heard that Nandi Muki has moved to New Jersey. We're very unhappy about that, but we're happy that she's on the, still here today. Is here today. Nandi Muki, we're going to have to find you a better job back in D.C. Hare Krishna. Hello. Yes, of course. <laughs> Where are you in New Jersey? Uh, it's a place, um, I think the closest city they said is Trenton. Okay, so you're near devotees. There's a lot of, lot of devotees in that area, actually. Tons. So, really? Yes. Okay. Yes, yep, in that area, definitely. Uh, but in New Jersey, you can't get anywhere without a car, basically. It's not like... Uh, that's least, true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yes, it's it's a commuter state. Um, okay, so back to back to our transcendental. But you're a transcendental person, Nandimuki, so we, we want to maintain your association. So the next verse is 13. We're going up to 16. Just as the driver of a bullock cart ties ropes to the nostril of his bulls to control them, the Supreme Personality of God binds all men through the ropes of his words in the Vedas, which set forth the names and activities of the distinct orders of human society, Brahmana, Chatriya, Vaishya, and Sutra. In fear, the members of these orders all worship the Supreme Lord by offering him presentations according to their respective activities. 14 and 15. I, Yamaraj, Indra, the King of Heaven, uh, Nir Riti, Varuna, Chandra, the moon god, uh, Agni, Lord Shiva, Pavana, Lord Brahma, Surya, who's the sun god, uh, Vishvasu, the eight Vasus, the Sadhyas, the Maruts, the Rudras, the Siddhas, the Ma uh, Marichi, and the other great Rishis engaged in maintaining the departmental affairs of the universe, the best of the demigods headed by Brihaspati, and the great sages headed by Prigu are all certainly freed from the influence of the two base material modes of nature, namely passion and ignorance. Nevertheless, 
Although we are in the mode of goodness, we cannot understand the activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. What then is to be said of others who under illusion merely speculate to know God? And then in text 16, as the different limbs of the body cannot see the... This is an interesting uh, uh, metaphor or, or analogy or, or just statement. Actually, it's just a statement. As the different... or well, it's an, an analogy because the super soul is brought in. As the different limbs of the body cannot see the eyes, right? Your hands cannot see your eyes. Living entities cannot see the Supreme Lord, who is situated as a super soul in everyone's heart. Not by the senses, by the mind, by the like air, by thoughts within the heart, or by the vibration of words, can the living entities ascertain the real situation of the Supreme Lord. And in the purport towards the end, Prabhupada writes, the living entity cannot do anything without the sanction of the supersoul. The supersoul is acting at every moment, but the living entity cannot understand the form and activities of the supersoul by manipulating his senses. The example of the eyes and the bodily limbs is very appropriate. If the limbs could see, they could walk forward without the help of the eyes, but that is impossible. Although one cannot see the supersoul in one's heart through sensual activities, his direction is necessary. So the, so there's this hidden but always present Lord. And that's not so hard to understand. Prabhupada would give you the example of radio waves, right? There's so many, or, or Wi-Fi in your house right now, uh, or TV waves. Uh, can you see the Wi-Fi in your house right now that you're connected to? Right? No. Or, or even the radio waves that are all over the place and you can't see them right now, or even, um, I don't know about cable TV these days, it's different than in the old days, but anyway, radio is a good example. We can't see them, but they're there. But if you have the right instrument, namely a radio, or a computer with uh, that, can, that can capture the Wi-Fi, then with the right apparatus, then you can connect, we can connect. And so that apparatus for understanding the supersoul is, of course, bhakti. Bhakti amam abhichanati. Krishna says, you can only understand me through, through bhakti. So, and, and that starts with, uh, some adoshradha, some initial trust in, in Krishna. But this is a beautiful example. We are with the supersouls following us all day long. But uh, because our level of bhakti has not reached that level yet, we don't, we aren't cognizant all day long unless we read a purport like this and we remember it for at least some time. Hmm. So it does start with some trust that there is God, there is a super soul, and then one adoshradhatatasadusanga, one associates with devotees, etc. And then even as we become advanced, you know, we become take seriously to the process of sadhana bhakti, um, this trust in the supersoul who's acting, what does it say here, his uh, direction is there, and we cannot do anything without the sanction. He's, the supersoul is acting at every moment. We develop some of that faith, and that makes life exciting. Um, because literally, you know, as devotees, we walk, by faith, not by sight. This is in our, you know, I'm talking about now in our day, in our life and how we make decisions. Should we 
Should we turn left or right in terms of a decision in our life? And we really need to understand that Krishna is often working or his workings are being carried out beyond our view. And that Krishna work, his work and his is present despite our lack of awareness of it. So we walk more by faith than by sight. And even though this purport is talking about something different, it's talking about literally sight, but we, we, we make, uh, we try to see Krishna's hand in our, in our daily existence. And then life becomes really exciting and interesting and wonderful to live as a devotee when we, when we develop that. So some thoughts on these points. Yeah, uh, I did. Go ahead, Andy. Well, this was a big revelation for me. I mean, I'm glad I'm studying this because I knew about the super soul and I always envisioned it as like just a watcher, just an observer, <laughs> collecting karma uh, and so on. But now... It's karmic data. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but now this is a big breakthrough here because... Um, Although it's not clear how this information is transmitted, uh, giving directions for remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness, mm. uh, it is feedback. So if you were tuned into that station, to continue the analogy, right? Right. Even you committed a grievous sin, the super soul will deserve it, but you would get feedback right away if you were tuned in. If you're tuned oh, in, yes. Yeah, uh, you know, this is terrible, and, and this is what you need to do. But, so this is a very logical uh, piece of the puzzle to, to have, but I never knew about it. Yeah. That's nice. That's nice. Yes, and you quoted that verse that Prabhupada quotes. It. It's actually, I believe, the most quoted verse uh, of Prabhupada's was Matat Smritir Ganam Apohanam that Krishna gives intelligence, knowledge, and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, yes, and so the super soul is doing that. We want to forget Krishna. As he's made, you know, no problem. Go ahead. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll still accompany you. And you want to remember, Krishna, okay, well, here, I'll give you some guidance. Yeah. And and the super soul accompanies us into our next life as well. The whole way. Yeah, all the way. Like all through death, he's right there. Yeah, he's right that's, there. That, yeah. That's very comforting. Yeah. Yes. And it's sometimes said that he he's, the you know, sometimes seen as the four-handed Vishnu. But he turns into the flute playing Krishna if we become Krishna conscious. And so he's generally, he, he, he want, he's waiting for us to turn to us, but he's called the, uh, what is it? The Anumant and, uh, what's the other word? Upadrashta. Upadrashta, yeah. He's the overseer and the permitter <clears throat> uh, in a neutral way. He's, 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 he's letting us do what we want to do and, and also based on our karma. But when we become devotees, then he takes a uh, a more personal interest, like Krishna will say in the twenty. Well, he says in the twenty-second verse of the ninth chapter that uh, for one who becomes my devotee, I pres- who becomes well becomes devoted to me. I preserve what they have. I carry what they lack. That's not neutral anymore. That's um, something else. Uh, yes. Active. Active. Yes, active. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jiva or his good wife have uh, put the uh, the place of action, the performer, the various senses, the many different kinds of endeavors, and ultimately the super soul. These are the five factors of action. Right? 
And then, uh, where is the Upadrishta? Where is that mentioned? In, is that in the first verse of the Bhagavatam? Raghunandan Prabhu? It comes in Bhagavad Gita itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, come in Bhagavad Gita. What, what, uh, uh, over, what is it in the first verse of the Bhagavatam? What, what words am I looking for there? Uh, I'm getting, uh, now I have to find it. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah, but that wasn't. Abhigyaswarat. Uh, that's what I was looking for. Right, so he's fully cognizant. He knows everything and he's fully independent. Yeah, it's a little different, there, but that's what I was thinking of. Okay, other thoughts on. Um. Hi, Krishna Prabhu. Uh, I was contemplating a lot by reading those verses that um, great Mahajans and great devotees of the Lord uh, unable to understand um, him. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, I was like, why, what is the significance? Lord keeps them always in, you know, in a situation where uh, they couldn't understand. Uh, in another aspect, we are so blessed that like Srila Prabhupada, uh, and as well as like uh, in the form of spiritual master, they are always connected to Krishna, and then you know it, they always always be with Krishna. And, uh, and you know, even though the Mahajans don't understand, like but the devotees do understand. So I feel one step higher than the uh, demigods, uh, the devo- pure devotees, and uh, we do have a relationship with it. So you know, I really appreciate and have show share my gratitude that you know uh, because of Prabhupada we have this association. Thank you. And we're going, we're going to hear about the Mahajans in a few verses from now, also. Uh, and then uh, Mun has uh, quoted from the 13th chapter, yet in this body there is another, a transcendental enjoyer, super soul, who is the Lord, supreme proprietor, and who exists as there, you know, the overseer and permitter, and who is known as the super soul. Thank you. Upadrasta Anumantacha. Uh, Raghunanda was prepared in there. Other thoughts on this verse 16 and some of the points that we brought up? Will you accept a thought on a, a verse that led up to this verse? Sure. Um, I was looking at that as you were reading it. It says um, in 13, uh, which sets forth the names and activities of the distinct order of human society in fear, the members of these orders. That's what struck me. Um, so that's referring to on reverence, I'm guessing. And it seems like as devotees were aware of two kinds of on reverence, on reverence in fear and on reverence in love. Um, does that make any sense? Yep. Yeah, um, I haven't heard, I've never heard it, you know, used in that word. Usually we understand, you know, there's the Vaikunta mood and then there's the Vrindavan mood, right? Um, well, we, we have our reverence for the, the spiritual master, but uh, we're, we're trying to develop our, our affectionate, loving relationship right. with... with well, we have on reverence, but also the seventh canto, it's said that he's seen as a friend. The spiritual master. Yeah. Uh, uh, what is that? The first verse, right? Brahmachari guru kule bastam vantam gurur hitam. 
and the word friendship, friend or friendship is used in that verse, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's also the first verse of one of the chapters in the seventh canto, if anyone wants to find it. Brahmachari Guru Kule. Vastantantam Gororitam. Yes, but, yeah, and, and that's not the greatest, uh, the highest. Uh, it's, I think we spoke about this before, right? You know, we talk about people will often kind of glorify a person at their funeral. Yeah, he was a God-fearing person. Right, we've heard things like that, uh, but higher than that is a God-loving person. Right, Suganda has found the quote: "A student should practice complete, uh, should practice completely controlling his senses. He should be submissive and should have an attitude of firm friendship yeah. to the, for the spiritual master. With a great vow, the Brahmacharya should live at the Guru Kul only for the benefit of the Guru." But we also pray in the morning. We say. Uh... Yeah, we bow down in great awe and reverence. Awe and reverence, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, so it's both. So that's what I meant by awe reverence and love. I, I, right, well, that's that's well said, yes. And in Vaikuntha, they love Krishna. They just have, they don't have the much, they don't chastise him like they do in Vrindavan. You know, stop eating dirt. <laughs> right? Or you're just at the blotchy. You know, things like that are, I think, uh, would... Um, I don't know if people in the Vaikuntha Bhav could appreciate that. Yeah. Also, uh, very quickly, is it the correct understanding that I have that uh, Lord Paramatma is there, but we we don't he doesn't we don't we're not able to serve him in devotional service. <clears throat> in other words, there's no devotional act- activities uh, we perform to get his attention. He's Hmm, I'll have to think about that. I mean, he's a form of Vishnu. Um, the mean, yogis meditate on him, and meditation is different than devotional service in, in this sense. It's more of a passive thing. Um, I, I, I've never heard it put quite like that. Does anyone have a, other th- anyone else have a thoughts on that? I heard that that was one of the, or the main distinction between the Supreme Lord in his personal form as Krishna and Vrindavan, and as the super soul, is that uh, the super soul in everyone's heart is, is certainly there and <laughs> loving, but that we're, it's not possible to render uh, active devotional service. Well, people in Vaikuntha render devotional service to Lakshmi Narayan. So, um, and one can perform, one can go all the way back to Godhead practicing Vaidhi Sadhana Bhakti. <coughs> well, Vaidhi Bhakti. Not that, that it ha- not that you have to shift gears to Raga, because that's only in Vrindavan, Raga Nuga. So I'm not sure. I haven't, does anyone, did someone, Raghunandabhu, you look like you or Divya Nandabhu wanted to say something? Hare Krishna, one thought came to me that, um, those that still have some material conception of life, they, even though they come to an advanced stage, they come only up to the stage of understanding super soul. But anybody who has bhakti, do not go to super soul or uh, take the direction of Brahma Jyoti, but they take the Bhagavan uh, form of the Supreme Lord. Mm. That's where that bhakti is taken up and that loving devotional service comes into play. But rest of the places, they don't have that uh, 
consumption. Good point. And you reminded me, Raghunandapur, that I have heard uh, that super soul only exists in the material world. Yes. But still, as, like as we heard from Andy, we can have great appreciation. And maybe appreciation is kind of loving, you know, that, wow, this is amazing. Krishna in the form of super soul accompanies me wherever I go and is, you know, can be helping me, guide me if I turn to him. So, you know, it, it, we say, right, we say there's two birds in a tree, and when one bird stops trying to eat the fruit and turns to the other bird, now is that turning to the other bird bhakti? Why would it not be? You know, so it's, um, what does that turning mean if it's not bhakti? Well, the way you describe it, it sounds like Arjuna turning to Krishna on the battlefield. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Did you want to say something else, Raghunandapur? Yeah, it's uh, t t turning to the super soul need not necessarily be bhakti. Uh, uh, because the uh, Ashtanga yogis, as we see in the second canto and third canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, they do not directly take up the process of rendering devotional service to the Supreme Lord, nor go to the spiritual world, but they could end up in Bhakti Yoga or they could end up in Jnana Yoga. Yeah. So, it's, it's, they, they still have not made up their mind yet. It's like they, were, they are almost like the cat on the wall. Yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm just, the reason, I'm listening to you and I'm also, yeah, it's uh, in the Prabhupada writes that a living being may forget all that he might have done in his past or present life, but one must know that in the same tree of the material world, the individual soul and the super soul are sitting like two birds. One of them, the living being, is enjoying the fruits, whereas the supreme being is there to witness the activities. So that's one of his jobs, right? Uh, therefore, the Paramatma feature, the supreme soul, is actually the witness of all activities of the living being. Only by his direction can the living being remember or forget what he might have done in past. The Lord is therefore both the all-pervading and personal Brahman and the localized Paramat in everyone's heart. Yeah. Anyway, it's an interesting research project to see if Prabhupada ever mentions the word bhakti in uh, in this. But you know, it's it's of course the Lord is is uh, is transcendental because otherwise. Talk about, you know, we said the Amadudas have a bad job. What's to speak of the job description of Super Soul? It's just watching all the nonsense everyone's doing all day long <laughs> in all species of life. So here, Suganda has put, listen to this. Uh, such a yogi who engages in the worshipful service of the Super Soul, knowing that I and the Super Soul are one, remains always in me in all circumstances. So that's interesting. Worshipful and then oneness, <laughs> all in the same sentence. Wow. Okay, shall we carry on? So let me go back to where we were. And we're going up to verse 18. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is self-sufficient and fully independent. He is the master of everyone and everything, including the illusory energy. He has his form, qualities, and features, and similarly his, his order carriers, the Vaishnavas, who are very beautiful, possess bodily features uh, 
transcendental qualities that in transcendental nature almost like his. They always wander within this world with full independence. And in purport, Prabhupada writes in the beginning, he says, Yamaraj is specifically described, here has specifically described the qualities of the Vishnu Dutas to convince his own servants to not, to not to be envious of him. So I found that an interesting sentence because sometimes when we hear the glorification of another person, we do become envious of them. So how is Bayamaraj telling the Yamadudas about the glories of the Vishnadudas? How do they become non-envious? How does that make them less envious? You ever think about that as you're reading this? One thing came to my mind is uh, when we are in the association of elevated personalities or hearing about them, we also get that mercy that Krishna bestowed upon them. So it's there is no scope for envy in that uh, perspective. Mm. Okay, thank you. Other thoughts? Hare Krishna Prabhu. Yes, uh, Ananda Rupramatija. So, um, firstly, uh, listening to the glories of the Lord purifies everyone. It moves okay. anathas of the heart. So, if we see it from that perspective, you know, either envy should vanish or it should not be there. Right. Secondly, um, secondly because the Vaishnavas or the Vishnu Dutas, they work as per the supreme will of the Lord. And even if someone is inquiring or if they have even little shraddha or faith in their heart, they can develop an understanding that that is not a Vaishnava is trying to um, do as a, to do like a show off or something of related to material consciousness. It is related to Lord's will. Mm. So you know, often the tendency is there to just accept it or understand it as coming from higher authority uh -huh. without cross-questioning it. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? So I, 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 I like those points. I, was, I would add, first of all, I, I see that uh, don't we sometimes do become envious of devotees when we hear their glories? The mind, the mind doesn't always like it. Um, but I was also thinking that when you're really hearing the glories of a very advanced devotee, it's kind of like in one place, Prabhupada writes that the demigods can sometimes get a little envious and try to put some obstacles in the way. But also, when they hear the other times, it says that they assist them in going back to Godhead. And I was thinking that if someone, if some, if if a, a, real, a real devotee is uh, is everyone's well wisher, is humble, and um, doesn't want anything from anyone. And so what's there to be envious of? That kind of person, you're like, okay, they're, they're not going to harm me. They're, they're, if anything, they're going to help me. They don't, they're humble. They're, they're my well-wisher. They, 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 they don't want to get even. They have nothing to gain in this world. So I think that would also say, oh, I can, you know, I can handle someone like that, having their association. That was my thought um, when I was reading that. Now... Uh, let's continue. Sometimes the members of the Krishna consciousness movement, so when you read this, uh, think also about, you know, present kind of conspiracy theories and stuff. 
Sometimes the members of the Christian Conscious Society are afraid of the impending danger of world war. And this was written in the 70s, by the way. And asked what would happen to them if war should occur. In all kinds of danger, they should be confident of their protection by the Vishnu Dutas or the Supreme Personality of Godhead. As confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, Kuntaya Pratijanihi Name Bhakta Pranashati. Material danger is not meant for devotees. This is also confirmed in Srimad Bhagavatam. Padam Padam Yad Dipadam Natesham. <clears throat> in this material world, there are dangers at every step but they are not meant for devotees who have fully surrendered unto the lotus feet of the Lord. The pure devotees of Lord Vishnu may rest assured of the Lord's protection. As long as they are in the material world, they should fully engage in devotional service by preaching the cult of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, namely the Hare Krishna movement of Krishna consciousness. Hmm. So there's a few things to be said there that we, we know that, you know, Jesus Christ, as Prabhupada mentioned, was crucified and, Haridas Taka was beaten in different markets and, and and sometimes, you know, devotees get sick and things like that, but uh, Prabhupada's obviously talking <clears throat> about a uh, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> about a protection on a higher level. Um, I have a, I have an example right now that uh, I, think, I think some of you know that um, shortly after my son's wedding, his mother-in-law was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. And, and she just decided recently to no more chemotherapy, no more. I'm just going to leave this world. Uh, and it's, of course, it's very sad or, you know, she's, I think she's still in her forties or maybe, yeah, she's still in her forties and she has three children and a husband and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and she's just a wonderful person. And she's uh, the devotee who's taking care of her, the very senior devotee uh, who's spiritually taking care of her. He says she's an amazing consciousness. She's an amazing level of Krishna. And she just got initiated, you know, a couple of months ago. Radhanath Swami just gave her initiation uh, a few months ago. But he's, he's a, this devotee said he's, she's in such good consciousness. She doesn't want to hear anything mundane anymore. She just wants to hear about Krishna. And just wants to absorb herself fully in Krishna. So auspicious, inauspicious, you know, uh, uh, you know, Krishna is not protecting her or Krishna is completely protecting her. Right. How can we, you know, I would say from a certain platform, Krishna is completely protecting her. Right. Even though the body is, you know, and externally it seems sad. Um, and she's getting, it's, it's uh, his devotee, Shonaka Rishipu, I think some of you know him, he sometimes would come here in the summers and give a class, the devotee from Ireland, and he's uh, her, he's a, whatever, licensed or whatever, care, um, uh, um, chaplain, so even though because of COVID-19, very few people are allowed to see her, he's allowed to see her because he's her chaplain. <clears throat> so... So I, that was one point that, that I wasn't going to speak about that, but then when I read the purport just now to you all, that came to my mind. Um, there's one other thing I want to speak about in this purport, but any, any thoughts on that, what it means to have Christian's mercy? What do you, otherwise, what do you think when a devotee gets in a car accident or, or something happens? Is, is this purport wrong or is something else going on? No, it's not wrong. Because it's, it's not like war, but like war, when you unconditionally surrender, 
you're totally at the mercy of the victor. And they have total responsibility for you. Even if they want to kill you or whatever, they're, you're in their custody. But this is not like that. But, uh, yeah, if, if you're totally surrendered, that means whatever happens, happens. I mean, you're totally surrendered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Yes. And also Prabhupada writes in uh, the 10th, ch 10th chapter of Nectar Devotion, uh, that one, the devotees should not expect to be free from all their karmic reactions, but rather they think Krishna somehow is, is using it to teach them and sometimes minimizing it as well. You know, I was I, thinking, I, okay. Go ahead, Henry. You know, what, you know what, what it says here, what the Lord is protecting is what is actually relevant, whereas, you know, the, um, the disease and the cancer in this one temporary body are not really relevant, but what the Lord is protecting is the soul. Mm. Wonderful. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. I'm just reading what Shonaka wrote me. She has transformed as a person in the last weeks. Difficult to recognize. She does not want to meet anyone who will not talk, who will, uh, who will talk about mundane things. She will not accept any more treatment, allowing Krishna to take charge. Wow. And Sugandha puts, uh, Lord Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita that a devotee who fully, so oh, this is the quote. Thank you, Sugandha. Uh, uh, Lord Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita that a devotee who fully surrenders unto him is no longer liable to suffer the reactions of his previous karma. However, because of, in his mind, a devotee may still maintain the remnants of his previous sinful mentality. The Lord removes the last vestiges of the enjoying, enjoying spirit by giving his devotee punishments that may sometimes resemble sinful reactions. Thank you. Powerful. Okay, the, anyway, anything else on this point? Yes, I was also thinking about this example you just gave, so wonderful. And in terms of protection and uh, uh, reaction, I think um, like protection for me as comes uh, comes uh, like more natural on the level that um, the devotee uh, they are. Uh, fully conscious of their choice of their decision and they are fully um, kind of taking the responsibility for whatever consequences that may come to them and uh, in a contrast um, those who are not developed in Krishna consciousness they wandering from one place to another, from one position to another, from one body to another, from one physical condition to another physical condition. They are kind of um, like being pushed or not very conscious of their situation and their choices and their uh, the next steps. Mm. Thank you for that. Yes, yes. And even you, you had the bad karma of having to move to New Jersey. Yes, it is bad karma. <laughs> it, it's, it's, a, 
it's New Jersey, but I did not see anything new. It's Jersey. No, it's, it's sometimes called the armpit of the nation. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but luckily, there's good devotee association. <laughs> yeah, like, the Garden State, they weren't talking about the north part of the, uh, the, the state. <laughs> As a New Yorker, they're always going to talk about Jersey. So when she goes to New York, she's going to hear that Jersey this. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm only joking with you. So now the other part of this purport, there's so many instructions in this, is, how, you know, how, how should we, this is, I think we have some instruction here about, there's so many, I mean, the whole world these days is, is filled with conspiracy theories, right? There's so many around COVID-19 and, and there's so many others, you know, whether it's, you know, Bigfoot or whatever, right? There's just, you know, there's, Dozens and dozens and dozens. <clears throat> and I think Prabhupada's giving us a little glimpse of what to do, and that is to basically think of Krishna. <laughs> Don't get too worried about him. Don't get too caught up in them. Sometimes the members of the Krishna Conscious Society are afraid of the impending danger of world war and ask what will happen to them if the war should occur. In all dangers, they should be confident of the protection uh, by the Vishnu duties or the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Because it's easy to get really, I mean, they're, they're, you know, I think some of them, we, we have some inherent distrust for mainstream society, some inherent distrust for maybe media and things, um, because we know that everyone has the four defects, right? Uh, what are the four defects? Cheating, imperfect senses. Tendency to commit mistakes. Mistakes. Being an illusion. And being an illusion, so and then you think, well, the person who wrote this article has a Ford, right? You know, and so, uh, <clears throat> but I think Prabhupada is giving us a really, really good guide because I know sometimes devotees get so into some conspiracy theories, you know, and Prabhupada is giving us a guide here that basically takes shelter of Krishna, you know. And I'm still on my fast. It's you know since Janmashtami, I'm not listening to any news. Um, and it's wonderful. Um, and I'm sure there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with the election so close. But I'm, I'm Rade Rade. <laughs> well, let me tell you. No, I won't listen. I'll, I'll turn off the Zoom. Or oh, no, I have a better, I'm the <clears throat> co-host so I can kick you out. <laughs> okay, so any thoughts on this, on conspiracy theories and Prabhupada's... Uh, Direction here. Uh, don't go on ISKCON Open Forum on Facebook. Oh yeah, thank you. Oh man, who some putrid stuff on there. Really, <laughs> some some good stuff too. But oh, Prabhupada was poisoned. Don't you know that? Everybody knows that. And uh, yeah, yeah, don't go there. So Andy, don't go there. <laughs> well, it shows up on the along with everything else on the. Oh. Yeah, well, at least I don't use Facebook, so. Uh, yeah. but yes, that, 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 that's, that's another one. That's a, that's a, that's an internal one, you know, which is, uh, very offensive. It is very open. It's open yeah. to anything, anything of any yeah. kind. Yes. <laughs> Good or bad. <laughs> right. Well, it's, yeah. thank you for saying that though. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Yes. Uh, so just one thing, Prabhu, just since you've said that you've been out of like any news and everything, so you have really inspired me. 
So since the Purushottam month, I've done the same thing. Achha. It's been eight days, so and it feels really good. <laughs> Let's give him a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I it's wonderful. It continues. So. The world's going on, whether you know about it or not. And yeah. and if World War Three were to break out, someone would tell you. Yes. <laughs> You know, I mean, if there's something you really need to know, right? Like, let's say, you know, COVID was, you know, all of your neighbors had COVID. That's something you should know, right? You know, hopefully you would find something. Of course, you wouldn't find that out in the news anyway. But, you know, there's certain. But uh, I figure I'm going to try to go to at least till the election day. Yeah. And some of the news you already know without hearing it, right? Yeah, I knew about uh, uh, the chief, the, the justice passing Whatever. away. Whatever. The government is going to do things that are not always in your interest or other people's interest. Like, that's news. I mean, that's going to happen. Yeah, right? that's true. It's automatic news. <laughs> yep. Any other thoughts? Well, I want to say I'm also inspired by your news blackout, and I've been considering that myself. And, you know, this one thing I was thinking about, so let's say if you listen to two or three Bhagavatam classes a day, you're really concentrating on opening your ears as wide as possible to listen. Now, is that dangerous? And then you switch the channel over to um, some news source and your ears are so wide open. Is that, you know, why is it that, you know, I was just wondering why is it that devotees seem to absorb some strange ideas. Well, you know, Maya affects us all. Right? So the difference is in the old days, nobody could tell you all about it on Facebook. <laughs> but now, and, and, and also, I mean, with all due respect to some people who really use Facebook wonderfully, um, it's often the people who have time to write stuff. I mean, I don't have any time to go on Facebook. I, I've got my services. I have my job. I have, you know, uh, you know, uh, I have too many things that take up my whole day. I couldn't go on Facebook and waste my time on that stuff. Don't, don't you ever feel the need to like blog or? Well, I, I start. I wrote. You know, it's funny you say that. Somebody, I started a blog like nine years ago on peace building in Krishna consciousness, and someone just joined it like yesterday, <laughs> like after ten years, right? Uh, with uh, and I looked at it, and there was some good stuff there, and I was actually thinking of blogging again, you know, maybe once a week. Um, my wife does, of course, on the this kind of DC news, but just about my particular field in Krishna consciousness. Yes, but I mean, I read things on the internet, but not about news. You know, I read, try to read things that are uplifting. Just like, it's just like one of the austerities of speech, right? It sh- what is it? It should be, um, what, are, what are some of the things that the says in the Bhagavad Gita that the austerities of speech be pleasing, pleasing. Truthful, What's the other thing, Sudanda? Truthful. Truthful. Non-agitating. Non-agitating. Beneficial. Beneficial. And from the Vedas. And from the Vedas. Yeah. So, Andy, we should. They should put the the new rules for the ISKCON open form. <laughs> I think I may try to block it. Yeah, block it. Uh, if that's possible, so I won't see it at you all. You can get some good, like dundavats.com only puts good, positive, Krishna conscious materials. Uh, ISKCON Desire Tree, good conscious, good Krishna conscious. The the GBC SPT, yeah. good stuff. They just, they, had a be- they just had a beautiful interview with Advaita Charya Prabhu, our own Advaita Charya Prabhu. Um, so, yeah, those are solid things. Life is too short, isn't it? You know, life is too short. It, it's it's really, yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Did something get added here? Oh, yes. <laughs> Whoa. Sudanda put a heavy one there. Those words which do not describe the glories of the Lord, who alone can sanctify the atmosphere of the whole universe, are considered by saintly persons to be like unto a place of pilgrimage for crows. Since the all-perfect persons are inhabitants of the transcendental abode, they do not derive any pleasure from them. And then put the next verse, which is equally famous. If I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the next verse, Uganda. Um, very famous verse. Uh, on the other hand, that transcendental literature, which is full of descriptions of the transcendental glories of the name, fame, form, forms, pastimes, etc., of the unlimited Supreme Lord, is a different creation, full of transcendental words, and people think that Prabhupada's books, this described Prabhupada's books perfectly, uh, directed towards bringing about a revolution in the impious lives of this world's misdirected civilization. And Prabhupada really picked up on this last sentence. He said, such transcendental literatures, even though imperfectly composed, because he felt sometimes his English wasn't perfect, are heard, sung, and accepted by purified men who are thoroughly honest. Actually, actually, his publishers made lots of mistakes in his books that at one point he couldn't, he couldn't actually control. Well, I don't know about that, because then we get into how much trust he had in Jayadweta Swami and others. He had no, so no, much trust. No, no, Prabhu, I'm talking about the books he brought over for, on the Jayadweta. Oh, those books, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Well, yeah, you know, Prabhupada spoke, uh, actually, as we've seen, he spoke a very high-class English. I mean, I when I first was reading his books, I had to look up, you know, what does sublime mean, you know? I never heard that word, you know? So many things. So his publishers probably knew a lot less English than he did, you know? Okay, let's carry on. But this is a good conversation, right? Uh, some important, you know, it, our, our Bhagavatam study should also impact our practical lives. So we are moving on until, oh, <laughs> just the next verse. <laughs> Not going far. Real religious principles are enacted by the personality of the Supreme Personality of God. This is a very famous line from uh, the first line, especially Prabhupada would quote a lot, Dharman to Shakshat, Bhagavat Pranitam. And that's what the sentence was. Real religious principles are enacted by the Supreme Personality of God. Although fully situated in the mode of goodness, even the great rishis who occupy the topmost planets cannot ascertain real religious principles, nor can the demigods or the leaders of Siddhaloka, to say nothing of the asuras, ordinary human beings, vidyadharas, and charanas. And Prabhupada writes uh, at the end of the first paragraph, Indeed, there is a group of men in India who are very fond of the Vedic rituals, not understanding the meaning of these rituals, which are intended to elevate one gradually to the transcendental platform of knowing Krishna. Those who do not know this principle, but who simply attach their faith to the Vedic rituals are called Veda Vada Rata. And at the end of the purport, even though one follows Vedic scriptures, one may not know the trans this transcendental principle, for it is not known to everyone. To say nothing of human beings, even the demigods in the upper planetary systems are unaware of it. This Transcendental religious principle must be understood from the Supreme Personality of God directly or from his special representative as stated in the next verse. So just to be cognizant that this purport and the verse is referring to the parts of the Vedic 
literature that are called Karmakandi, Karmakanda, and there's 100,000 times 100,000 verses about the karma. About 95, 96% of the Vedic literature are Karmakanda, where you're doing activities in the Vedas, but for some, uh, it's, it, extended or personal sense gratification or sense gratification in this life or going to heaven where you have a higher level of sense gratification. But it was still about me uh, rather than about devotion to Krishna. Uh, so the Vedas have that. And, and then, and so, you know, we have to be careful about what we're, when we hear, when we read or when we're talking to someone else about the Vedic literature, Sometimes in this kind, we're referring to, you know, Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, etc. But sometimes when we talk about the Vedas, we're talking about the Karmakanda section of the Vedas. Sometimes we're talking about the Ganakanda section of the Vedas, like the Upanishads. So we just need to be a little careful that that word can be used in different ways. Or, you know, being Vedic, what does it mean to be Vedic? In air quotes, right? Does it mean to wear, you know, padukas, you know, the wooden shoes, right? Or... Does it mean to be very honest and truthful, right? And, and as uh, they quote the verse at Sudanu, you know, to, you know, to, uh, you know, speak words that are pleasing. So Vedic and Vedic cult, what does Vedic culture mean? Right? Um, it, it, it means, uh, you know, in one sense, culture can be described, you know, Vedic culture can be, you know, all the details of Varnashram, right? And Brahmins do this and Chatris do this and, uh, you know, et cetera, and, and you dress like this, and the women's position is like that. Or, you know, Vedic culture could also be how we treat each other. Yeah, and some people would say that's the essence of Vedic culture, is how we treat everyone with respect and kindness, and et cetera. So, so I'm just saying the word Vedic, we just have to, when, when we're reading Prabhupada's books, we want to say in what context is Srila Prabhupada using it here? Any thoughts on this? And this is, for those of us in the, in the Gita class, we're, we're talking about this right now, right? The Bhakti Shastri class, especially the beginning of the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, we're hearing about this um, point about, um, and actually there in the purports, Prabhupada is also kind of uh, juxtapositioning Vedic, like in Karmakanda, and the, the gradual upliftment. I mean, Karmakanda does have its part in the process, and Prabhupada in the purpose is also often giving us the elevator, right? And so we're going to hear about the elevator in the next verse, hearing about the, the devotees who put us on the direct Krishna conscious path. Uh, but any thoughts on this point? Uh, very quickly. I don't know if we're going to cover it, but I was very taken by where uh, Prabhupada described the opening like ceremonies of the temple in, in Vrindavan. Mm-hmm. And the Vedic rituals were almost like a shore. He said, okay, all right, we're going to do it. We're going to yeah. take the nose. But it was just a shore that, to him. It wasn't any real enjoyment from that. Yeah. Right. He, he said the real thing was the chanting, the kirtan. That installed the deities. But, but because I, the, the people in, in Vrindavan would criticize if he didn't do the rituals, he invited the local um, ritual people. But for him, the real thing was that there was kirtan going on. Exactly. Thank you for remembering that. Yes. Anything else? Hi, Krishna Prabhuji. Yes, please. I'm in the last three months in Dallas, so... Acha! 
<laughs> and that's why I cannot reply you. Sometimes I better be open and read, and I join in the class. Thank you for coming. Yeah, and I'm I'm just replying this uh, session because you told uh, whoever in the um, uh, read the Ved uh, and in our Krishna devotee they cannot uh, miss explain to in our Ved and in the Vedic culture, right? Mm. It's a lot in my workplace in Dallas. Honestly, believe me, two months I was in very bad session. So Lord Krishna Maharshi, that my manager is from Bangalore and she's named Srinath. He's a real Krishna devotee. I Achha, didn't, nice. didn't realize that situation. So once I called him me and he told how is the ongoing situation. So it's not a good situation in my workplace. It's there misexplaining in our Bodhic literature in the Hinduism and also in uh, they're talking about the women parts and very nonsense uh, system. I was in Virginia last uh, eight years I'm working. I, I come here as a 5G training, you know, and they now like me, they want to keep me here, but my family is there, I don't exist here. You cannot do that, yeah, otherwise you're following Nandamukhi, that's very bad. Yeah. That's uh, when I discuss, next day everybody is fixed, <laughs> Prabhuji. Everybody is fixed, when come in the morning, <laughs> they see me and tell Hare Krishna, Prabhuji is so, uh, it's uh, really true that uh, whoever in our uh, not in Bodhi culture, they are uh, really nonsense and they don't uh, give a good uh, impression for our Hindu religion, in Hindu culture. Mm. When the Krishna mercy come, once they are fixed, that's happening in my workplace here. Very good, very good. Well, it's, you'll, you'll be happier in Dallas when the winter starts coming. But, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I went to Dallas uh, ISKCON also in their uh, Antum, um, his Prabhuji's name, Arjun Prabhuji I meet. Yeah, yeah, I know Arjun. Yeah. Uh, I meet in there and every two weeks I fly in Virginia Prabhuji. <laughs> Acha, so you fly, boy, I, I, you're a brave soul. I've, I haven't been in airplane since January. <laughs> <laughs> but very recent. Yeah, well, take care of yourself Prabhu and thank you for joining us. Thank you, thank you Prabhu. Hare Krishna. So let's um, move on. Uh, to 24, I believe. So 20 and 21. So this is the, this is the, the very famous verse that Prabhupada would quote, um, the, the 12 Mahajans. Swayambur, Narada Shambhu, Kumara Kapilo Manu, Prulado Janako Bhishmo, Valir Vya Sakir Bayam. Bayam, referring to Yamaraj. Lord Brahma, Bhagavan Narayan, Lord Shiva, uh, Narada, Lord Shiva, the four Kumaras, Lord Kapila, the son of Devahuti, Swayambhuvamanu, Prahlad Maharaj, Janaka Maharaj, Grandfather Bhishma, Bali Maharaj, Shukadeva Goswami, and I myself know the real religious principles. My dear servants, the transcendental religious principle, which is known as Bhagavad Dharma, or surrender to the Supreme Lord and love for him, is uncontaminated by the modes, by the material modes of nature. It is very confidential and difficult for ordinary human beings to understand, but if by chance one fortunately understands it, he is immediately liberated, and thus he returns home back to Godhead. Verse 22. Devotional service, beginning with the chanting of the holy name of the Lord, is the ultimate religious principle for the living entity in human society. 24. My dear servants who are as good as my sons, just see how glorious is the chanting of the holy name of the Lord. The great sinful Ajamila chanted only to call his son, not knowing that he was chanting the Lord's holy name. Nevertheless, by chanting the holy name of the Lord, he remembered Narayana, and thus he was immediately saved from the ropes of death. 
Um, I was 23. Thank you. That's why I was wondering, what's going on? <laughs> I was 23. Thank you very much. 24, therefore, I was like, where's the purport that I highlighted? <laughs> therefore, it should be understood that one is easily relieved from all sinful reactions by chanting the holy name of the Lord and chanting of his qualities and activities. This is the only process recommended for relief from sinful reactions. Even if one chants the holy name of the Lord with improper pronunciation, he will achieve relief from material bondage if he chants without offenses. Ajamila, for example, was extremely sinful, but while dying, he merely chanted the holy name. And although calling his son, he achieved liberation because he remembered the name of Narayan. Prabhupada writes in the... Assembly of Raghunath Das Goswami's father, Haridas Thakur confirmed that simply by chanting the holy name of the Lord, one is liberated, even if he does not chant completely inoffensively. Smarta Brahmanas and Mayavadis do not believe that one can achieve liberation in this way, but the truth of Haridas Thakur's statement is supported by many quotations from Srimad Bhagavatam. So let me find that. That is an Anchalila. Chapter 3, starting with verse 190, if you want to follow along. So, at the house of Hiranya and Govardhan Majumadhara, actually, if you like, I can share my screen in case you don't have easy access to it. Um, a person named Gopala Chakravarti was officially the chief tax collector. This Gopala Chakravarti lived in Bengal. His duty as chief collect tax collector was to collect 1,200,000 coins to deposit in the treasury of the emperor. He had handsome bodily features, and he was learned and youthful, but he could not tolerate the statement that made by Haridas Thakur earlier, that simply by glimpsing, that means Namabas, simply by glimpsing the awakening of the Lord's holy name, one can attain liberation. This young man, Gopal Chakravarti, became very angry upon seeing the statements of Haridas Thakur. He immediately criticized him. Oh, assembly of learned scholars, he said. Just hear the conclusion of the emotional devotee. After many millions upon millions of births, when one is completely in absolute knowledge, one still may not attain liberation. Yet this man says that one may attain it simply by awakening of a glimpse of the holy name. Haridas Thakur said, why are you doubtful? The revealed scriptures say that one can attain liberation simply by a glimpse of the offenseless chanting of the holy name. For a devotee who enjoys the transcendental bliss of devotional service, liberation is most insignificant. Therefore, pure devotees never desire to achieve liberation. Anyway, it goes on uh, it, many times. And uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti, uh, I mean, Gopal Chakravarti is so upset that he says, uh, if one cannot, if here, if one is not liberated by Nama Bas, then you may be certain that I shall cut off your nose. And Haridas Thakur does the perfect. By the way, if you ever studied um, argument and logic and how to debate, his Haridas Thakur's reply is perfectly. You accept if you can accept the consequences of what the other person says. It's very powerful. So he says. Then Haridas Thakur accepted the challenge offered by Gopal Chakravarti. If by Namabas liberation is not available, certainly I shall cut off my nose. I'll cut it off myself. Anyway, uh, as as probably many of you know, the story goes, and he he gets leprosy, 
for this great offense against Holy Name and against Haridas Thakur. And his nose um, starts melting away due to the leprosy, unfortunately. But, um, yes. So, um, any thoughts on that? You know, the point is that in, in Hinduism in general, mukti, 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 right? People are always talking about that, and they understand dharma, artha, kam, moksha, right? That you uh, perform religious activities to get artha, to get ahead in this world, and how, what happens when you get ahead in this world? You, you get sense gratification, and then ultimately you say, ah, ram, ram, and you seek liberation, Right? <laughs> Uh, so liberation is a big thing. Mukti and Mayavadi is always talking about it and Impersonal is always talking about it. Uh, and so, you know, Gopala uh, Chakravarti just couldn't understand. Come on, it's, just by a glimpse of the holy name? You've got to be kidding. Right? But no, this is the power of the holy name. As shown in this pastime with Ajamila. Any thoughts on that? Krishna Prabhu. Yes, Prabhu. This is a classic example of Vedavadaratha. They are just so focused on uh, the study of Vedas and the knowledge from that. They do not even understand the real value, the real meaning. And in, instead, Gopal Chakravarti was claiming that Haridas Thakur was an emotional person, a sentimental person. Right, as an insult, yes. Done by Prakasan and the Saraswati to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Why are you like crying and dancing like a sentimental uh, person? Right, right. Yes, it could, again, you come up with a good, a good uh, comparison. And that they were called that. I can't remember the word in, in Bengali or Sanskrit, but like, yeah, they're just like low class, emotional people. Right? They don't have any philosophy behind them. They're not, yeah. I think that was one of the words Pakishananda used, actually, like a fanatic or something like that. Well, that's the way Prabhupada translated the word. And therefore, Prabhupada concludes after quoting uh, uh, a verse a little later in this very chapter, <laughs> uh, all these quotations prove that one who constantly engages in chanting and hearing of the holy activities, name, fame, and form of the Lord is liberated. Okay, anything else on this? What does the Vaishnava need with liberation? He, he wants to serve. Exactly. Or liberation uh, what is, uh, approaches him with folded hands, right? Isn't that what it says? Yeah, but we can't even hold on to it. It's, it's, uh, Raghunanda Prabhu was talking about the Mayavadis. They, they, they have this notion that liberation is eternal, but uh, Vaishnavas understand no, it's not eternal, you have to come back. Well, it depends on the liberation. Uh, we say that the Vaishnavas accept four kinds of liberation. Anyone so know the liberation that's The only liberation that's eternal or permanent is uh, liberation that allows the devotee to engage in devotional service. Right, so uh, can you, uh, where is Sharadiya, can you put in uh, uh, that verse, Mukti Hitva Yata Rupam Swarupena Vyavastati? I think it's the second canto. Um, so Prabhupada quoted that verse a lot. Yeah, so it just depends on how we define it. Like Prabhupada quote, called his magazine Back to Godhead, 
which someone could say uh, is seeking liberation, right? Uh, but but what kind of liberation? Liberation as a servant, liberated from the three, because liberation literally means, or literally, uh, is used sometimes uh, for um, liberation from the, no, no longer affected by the three modes of material nature. Thank you, Sudanda. Emerging of the living entity along with his conditioned living tendency with the mystic lying down in the Mahavishnu is called the winding up of the cosmic manifestation. Okay, that's that. Now, this is like change of subject. Liberation is the permanent situation of the form, the swarup of the living entity after he gives up the changeable, gross, and subtle material body. So Prabhupada would often, when he wanted to talk about real liberation, he quotes this verse. Hmm. What is mukti or hitta yatai rupam? What is real mukti? Swarup pena, diavasati. And then he would say that swarup means jivera swarup ahaya krishnari nitidas, ultimately. Although it's not exactly said here in the translation to 2.10.6 in what Sukhanda put. But if you find it, you'll often, often, often quote that when people are talking about Mayavad liberation, then he'll bring in the Vaishnava understanding. And if, if I if I ever mention things that you you know people are saying, what is he talking about? Just uh, you know, chime in and I'll explain it a little more thoroughly. Because sometimes in this class, unlike the Bhakti Shastri, I, I assume more previous knowledge. Okay. So next verse is 26. So verse 25, because they are bewildered by the illusory energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Yagnavalkya and Jamini, Jamini and other compilers of the religious scriptures cannot know the secret, confidential religious system of the 12 Mahajans. They cannot understand the transcendental value of because they, they're more ritualistic. Remember, we were talking about the ritualistic part of the Vedas. They cannot understand the transcendental value of performing devotional service or chanting the Hare Krishna mantra. Because their minds are attracted to the ritualistic ceremonies mentioned in the Vedas, especially the Yajra Veda, Sama Veda, and Rig Veda, their intelligence has become dull. Thus, they are busy collecting the ingredients for ritualistic ceremonies that yield only temporary benefits such as elevation to Swargaloka for material happiness. They are not attracted to the Sankirtan movement. Instead, they are interested in Dharma, Artha, Kam, and Moksha. Considering all these points, text 26, therefore, intelligent men decide to solve all problems by adopting the devotional service of chanting the holy name of the Lord. Ado uh, solving all problems by adopting the devotional service of chanting the holy name of the Lord, who is situated in everyone's heart, and it was a mine of all auspicious qualities. Such persons are not within my jurisdiction for punishment. So we remember that we're hearing from Yamaraj. Generally, they never commit sinful activities, but even if by mistake or because of bewilderment or illusion, they sometimes commit sinful acts, they are protected from sinful reactions because they always chant the Hare Krishna mantra. Prabhupada writes at the end of the purport, a pure devotee is one whose intelligence is clear. He is truly thoughtful because he engages in the service of the Lord, not as a matter of show, 
but with love, with his mind, words, and body. Non-devotees may make a show of religion, but it is not very effective because although they ostentatiously attend a temple or church, they are thinking of something else. <laughs> Such persons are neglecting their religious duty and are punishable by Yamaraj. But a devotee who commits sinful acts, which he may do unwillingly or accidentally because of his former habits, is excused. This is the value of the Sankirtan movement. Hmm. So we don't want to make a show. Right? It's very easy, uh, well, not during the pandemic, but otherwise it's very easy to come to the temple on Sundays, uh, have your hand in your bead bag, and uh, look very devotional, right? And everyone thinks, oh, Henry is so devotional. <laughs> right? But, um, but it's another thing to, you know, to make that our priority, what other people think of us, instead of where is my heart really at? Mm. Um, and it's tricky. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm giving a class this evening uh, in Tuaco. I mean, not literally in Tuaco, but you know, the New York, New Jersey, they have these uh, talks, and it's uh, it's called um, something like "Everyone Needs a Friend to Listen to 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 Speak to." Um, and it's, so it's about the need for friendship in Krishna consciousness and the need to be able to reveal our minds. And that is a challenge sometimes in, 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 a, in a society like ISKCON because we have such high ideals, right, Prabhupada? I mean, we, some, some Prabhupada would sometimes say, you know, the four regular principles, that's just to be a human being. <laughs> but on another, that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is, you know, compared to the rest of uh, most society, at least most society, these are quite high ideals, right? And Prabhupada would also emphasize that when he would tell the story of his god brother preaching to the British person that he said, yes, I can make you a Brahmin, you just have to follow these rules. And the man just said, impossible, right? So um, one way to... Be, make sure that we are being authentic and, and and sincere is you know in is to have sincere conversations with a trusted person right we can we where we can actually reveal our shortcomings reveal our thoughts reveal even our doubts and we won't be judged or it won't end up on Facebook you know uh, five minutes after you leave the conversation or something like that and it's actually one of the reasons that we created the Ombudsman program because an ombudsman in ISKCON is someone you can speak totally confidentially. They won't ever repeat what you say to others. Um, but, but, and then I was thinking of uh, Prabhupada would sometimes criticize you know, devotees, uh, or he said, this is from Prabhupada, Bhaktivinoda uh, Thakur wrote this, Eta Eka Kalira Chela Naketilaka Galaya Mala. Here is another follower of Kali. He has got tilak and mala. That means, you know, tilak on our forehead and mala means japa beads. Um, he, is he is worshiping bhajan, but he's also taking another's wife. He is a servant of Kali Yuga. Simply he has changed his dress with tilak and mala. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, if you take tilak and mala and do all nonsense things, then you are not a devotee. You are Kali Chela. 
To become a devotee is not so easy thing. So we want to become devotees. We want to be <clears throat> careful to do our practices not so other people, not like when people are here. <laughs> How that happened that, you know, you're surfing the internet or something like that. And then another devotee walks in the room immediately. Oh, oh you change it to dandavats.com. Hare Krishna. <laughs> and I'm sure our children do that all the time to us. <laughs> uh, so we, we just want to be authentic. We want to be real. Some thoughts on this? Okay, so we have one more verse we might be able to squeeze in, 27. My dear servants, please do not approach, I love this, please do not approach such devotees, for they have fully surrendered to the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of God, and they are equal to everyone, and their narrations are sung by the demigods and the inhabitants of Siddhaloka. Please do not even go near them. They are always protected by the club of the Supreme Personality of God, and their or Lord Brahma and I, and even the time factor are not competent to chastise them. Prabhupada writes that, in effect, wait, wait, sorry. Yamaraj warns his servants, my dear servants, despite what you may have done previously to disturb the devotees, henceforward you should stop it. The action of devotees who are surrendered unto the lotus feet of the Lord and who are constantly chant the holy name of the Lord are praised by the demigods and the residents of Siddhaloka. Those devotees are so respectable and exalted that Lord Vishnu personally protects them with the club on his hand, in his hand. Therefore, regardless of what you have done this time, henceforward, you should not approach such devotees. Otherwise, you will be killed by the club of Lord Vishnu. This is my warning. Lord Vishnu has a club and chakra to punish non-devotees. Do not risk punishment by attempting to disturb the devotees. Not to speak of you, if even Lord Brahma or I were to punish them, Lord Vishnu would punish us. Therefore, do not disturb the devotees any further. So that's enough reason to become a devotee. <laughs> that one airport. Isn't it? <laughs> I just like I just love that purport. It's very powerful. So we have a minute left. Any last question or comments? Yes, Hare Krishna Prabhu. Yes, Nandimuki. So why is that the Yamadutas do not become a devotee themselves? Well, who says that they're not? I think they are, yes. right? Especially they after are. this incident. Yeah, I, I, would, okay. I would think so, yeah. They're getting all this great guidance and, uh, you, know, you know, they still, that doesn't mean they're not going to do their duty, right? Mm, yeah. I mean, Bhaktivinoda right. Thakur was a judge. He must have had to send some people you know, into prison and this and that, right? So uh, they can do their service. Now, I imagine they would do their service with much more enlightenment. And maybe they'd be chanting while they're doing it. <laughs> imagine the Yamadudas, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. <laughs> yeah, taking the... <laughs> it's quite a uh, vision. Well, wonderful. We got almost done. We got almost done. We had one verse that we were going to try to finish today 30 but we it was good we got a lot done today i will send out the homework next week and we are gosh on the third chapter of 19 chapters in this canto and then we are finished the bhakti vaibhava course so thank you very very much and i hope you have a wonderful krishna conscious week mm.
Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you. 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 Thank you